0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Selling Greenville, your favorite real estate podcast here in the lovely Greenville area of South Carolina. I'm your host, as always, Stan McCune, realtor right here in the Greenville area, and you can find all of my contact information in the show notes if you need to reach me for any of your real estate needs. Please also remember to support the show by hitting the subscribe button, leaving a five-star rating, and leaving a short little review. Um, I have, I, I'm short and sweet, on that little intro uh, because this is a day that I am recording a litany of podcasts because I'm about to enter a very crazy month where we're going to have a lot of people staying with us and we're going to have potentially be moving to another house and just a lot of stuff going on. So um, I am here in August recording uh, several podcasts for basically the next month all in one sitting. And so, yes, uh, that might result in this one being short and sweet. I have no idea. Um, but, uh, but here we go. We're going to jump right in. I want to do a podcast about HOAs because this has been a topic of discussion, uh, with a lot of clients lately and, and something that has directly impacted me. I mentioned that, uh, that I'm in the process of moving. Um, hopefully by the time this podcast releases, I will be very much in the throes of moving. Um, and a big reason for that is that we're currently in an HOA community and we have decided that we'd like to not be in an HOA community. Um, I, I have talked to a bunch of other people, and, I, and I've always had a, a large contingent of clients that want to avoid HOAs. But some people like them, some people hate them. Um, and, and it's worth discussing what do people like and what do people not like about them. Um, and, and so we'll just kind of start there. What do people like about HOAs, homeowners associations? Um, first off, People like, and, and I'm not saying that everyone likes them. I'm just saying that these are the things, if people like an HOA, these are the things about it that they like. Um, really, by and large, the number one thing that people like about HOAs, the the primary thing that if people are in an HOA community, the reason why they would want to be, is that HOAs can provide amenities that would be too expensive for the individual to have to build or to add to their house. The most common one, obviously, uh, pools. You, It's very expensive to build a nice pool at your house. If you have it in a community, a community pool, that's something you, know, you can pay a few hundred bucks a year, and that gives you the ability to enjoy that pool in your neighborhood. Another common one, playgrounds. It's expensive to build a nice playground in your backyard. An HOA uh, a, a subdivision by means of their HOA might be able to build a nice playground. Some HOAs have common areas, hiking trails, uh, lakes or ponds, all sorts of things like that. All of these amenities are the types of things that people are willing to uh, endure <laughs> and pay for an HOA in order to have. Um, one thing that a lot of people in HOAs like is control over their neighbors, particularly when it comes to uh, the exterior um, the the exterior of a home and how the yard is used. So uh, for instance, making sure that your neighbors keeps up with their yard, that's a, a big aspect of most HOA communities, um, being able to uh, control what type of structure someone adds, like for instance, um, if someone, you know, wants to put an ugly shack in the back of their yard or wants to put up an ugly fence, or their fence deteriorates, or they want to you know, have an RV somewhere on their lot. All of these things, uh, can be controlled by the HOA. Um, I should also mention another control thing is the types of animals. Most HOAs don't allow for certain smelly or noisy animals outside of cats or dogs and, you know, basic indoor, you know, fish, birds, that type of stuff. Um, but, but even birds, they will specifically outlaw poultry as, as a possibility. Most HOAs do. Um, Another thing that people will like about HOAs is, uh, in certain HOAs, there are lower maintenance factors. So, an HOA you might pay into it, and they might take care of the entire neighborhood's yard care. Um, in townhomes and condos, HOAs usually take care of all of the exterior maintenance of a home. Um, in retirement c- communities, um, they might even have you know on-call nurses or on-site nurses or you know. People that cook for uh, for the residents. I mean, all sorts of, of different things that an HOA can provide value for, depending on the type of community. Um, and in, in high end communities, a lot of people don't realize this, but the high, the very high end communities in the Greenville area tend to have very expensive HOAs that that will cover things like uh, golf memberships and uh, country club memberships and. Um, exterior maintenance, yard maintenance, all sorts of different things like that. So these are, are some of the things that are can be attractive to people for HOA communities. But what do people not like about HOAs? Um, what, what are the complaints that I typically hear about people saying, I want to get out on an HOA because of this? Well, here are the complaints that I typically hear. Um, one is, obviously, and probably perhaps the highest out of all of them, is that it's just an additional cost that you have no control over. Um, and, and you know, typically HOAs don't go up too dramatically, but sometimes they do. And sometimes there are what we call special assessments that have to be done. Um, my parents are, are in a, not in Greenville, but in a different part of South Carolina, are in a uh, condo right now that has elevators. And the elevators are failing. And as a result, they're having to do a special assessment where they're having to pay thousands of dollars extra in addition to their already expensive HOA in order to fix the elevators. Um, in my community, at one point, there was some kind of a special assessment where I'm currently living, um, as of me recording this podcast, not subject to change. Um, but there was some kind of a special assessment for, I think, the, the, re- the retention ponds had issues and needed to have a bunch of work done on them. Um, sometimes pools, if pools, uh, need a lot of work, there might need to be a special assessment to, uh, to fix a pool, to replace the liner, um, et cetera, et cetera. So these types of things, uh, these types of things happen and that's, you have no control over that. The, the HOA, they have complete authority over whether they are going to increase Uh, the HOA dues, uh, do a special assessment, et cetera. And, and it does, there, there might be some HOAs that say that, that there needs to be, you know, that they, in their bylaws, people have to vote on these things that there are, there can be those types of things. But a lot of HOAs, um, the board has complete autonomy to do these things without a vote. Um, speaking of boards, another complaint that I commonly get is that boards are either too lax or too controlling. Um, and oftentimes both—they'll um, be too lax on the things that are important to certain people, and then too controlling on other things. Um, and that can be very, very frustrating. Um, in my current neighborhood, the the board tends to be uh, tends to be very controlling about what people do with their front yards. They made me cut down my my front tree recently because it was dead. Um, and I was going to get it cut down eventually because I saw that it was dead. Um, but they put me on an expedited timeline to do that. Um, but then, you know, they're not as strict on s- some other things that I would prefer for them to be stricter on. And so, this is the the this dynamic that you get. Um, that's very very common. I hear this over and over again. Pretty much every HOA community is like this. Um, Boards tend to, to continue the the board topic, they tend to be dominated by one or two personalities. It doesn't matter how big the board is. And I have been, I've served now on multiple HRA boards, and this always happens. There's always one or two personalities that end up controlling uh, what the board does. It's kind of like, you know, I've never served on a jury before, but it's kind of what I imagine happening in juries, where there's like one or two people that kind of convince everyone to one side or the other, that is a frequent dynamic in uh, with HOA boards, and you know it, it tends to be people that just have nothing better to do for whatever reason. They're retired or whatever. They just have nothing better to do, and and this becomes their baby. They want It's a way for them to to have something to do, but also you know sometimes they can be power hungry. They they want to um, at the end of the day have this power and be able to uh, to control th- their community, and that's something that. That commonly happens, um, and and that can be a problem. They can then, you know, convince people to join the board that they know are just going to be yes men or yes women, um, and then it ends up that that the board in perpetuity is just kowtowing to this one individual, um, and that can be a very toxic dynamic. Another thing I, I frequently hear people say they don't like about HOA HOAs is that rules intended to make the neighborhood look good can be so broad that they prevent things that they shouldn't. So, for instance, rules may prevent a brand new small RV from being parked in a driveway while also allowing a truck of basically the same size that's like basically falling apart to be parked in the driveway. Like, that doesn't make sense. But they have to make blanket rules, right? They If they don't want RVs in, in the neighborhood, um, they obviously can't outlaw, um, you know, trucks from being parked in their own driveway. But they'll make these blanket rules that are no RVs can be parked because they're trying to avoid RVs being an eyesore or whatever the case may be. So even if it's a small, pristine RV, it's still not going to be allowed in a neighborhood that has outlawed RVs, whereas someone uh, with a junky truck just sitting there just rusting away um, can be allowed to do that. And unfortunately, um, the idea of beautifying the neighborhood – um, by m- making some of these rules, it, it can end up not having the impact that they're intended to have. Um, additionally, I've heard from a lot of people as, you know, homesteading and mini farms have become more popular. They, they've really exploded since COVID. Um, most HOAs, as I've already said, they limit the types of animals that you can have. And so people aren't, aren't able to have poultry. They're aren't, not able to have pigs. They're not able to have horses, not able to have cows, Um, and, and so that has become a, a problem for people that are looking to do more homesteading, looking to be more sustainable with their, with their lifestyles. Um, and additionally, most of the HOA communities, and, and this is obviously more on the cheaper end of the spectrum, but they tend to be more cookie cutter neighborhoods and that's not directly related to them being in an HOA, but, but oftentimes those two things are kind of tied at the hip to a certain extent. And so in the end, the vast majority of people I talk to are not big fans of HOAs. Most people, given the option to be in an HOA community or not in an HOA community, would rather not be. Um, The only time I hear people that really want to be in an HOA community is typically when there is a pool. That's typically the only reason. Um, Now, obviously, if if you're in a condo or a townhome, um, which a lot of people are getting pushed to because you know, they don't have enough money to afford a single-family detached house anymore, you're going to have an HOA. Like, there is no way to avoid it in a condo or a townhome, with very few exceptions. There's probably 1% to 2% of condos or townhomes that are not in an HOA community in Greenville County. Um, But almost certainly, if that is what you're going to end up in, you're going to end up paying for an HOA as well. Um, And even then... Um, There are some communities, you know, let's say that you're not and let's say you do find a good house that's not in an HOA. um, You and you want to be you want to have access to a community pool. There are some communities that allow outside membership to their pools, meaning that you could live in a non HOA subdivision and still have access to a nearby pool. So um, it, it doesn't necessarily mean if you uh, just because you, the the only way to get to a community pool isn't necessarily by means of an HOA, is kind of what I'm saying. Um, but at the end of the day, can you actually avoid an HOA? Like, is this even practical? So I ran some numbers. You guys know that I like to run numbers. Um, and again, I'm recording this in August. I ran this data on August 17th. Um, and then it's I'm releasing this podcast a lot later than that. Um, but this should be pretty pretty indicative of what the market is, regardless of of when I'm recording this or broadcasting it. Um, So I looked at total sales the past 12 months, as of August 17th. Um, And this was in Greenville MLS, so this includes the majority of the upstate. And I came up with 14,196 total sales. Of those 14,196 total sales, 54.18% 54.18% of them were in HOAs, um, and forty-five point eight two percent of them were not in HOAs. There's probably a little bit of of incorrect there's there's a margin of error here because some realtors will enter things incorrectly, but I think that those are, are roughly accurate. Now, what's interesting, so so okay, before I go further, um, so 10% more of the houses in the upstate, basically, uh, I guess closer to 9%, 54 versus 45%. 9% more of, of the homes in the upstate are in HOA communities than not in HOA communities. Over half of the homes, well over half the homes are in HOA neighborhoods. So it's not easy to avoid them. Now, what are the price points at which we we tend to see HOAs versus versus non HOAs? Well, the price point that has the least amount of uh of homes that are outside of of HOAs um is the below $200,000 price point. Of the below $200,000 price point, 80% of them were not in HOAs. And that was basically it, it, this actually makes a lot of sense um because I didn't filter out mobile homes or things like that. Those are going to be primarily in rural areas is what is what we're looking at there. So you get out into rural areas, obviously, it's not going to be HOAs. Those are typically where the cheapest houses are to be found is when you're kind of in the middle of nowhere. In the between $200,000 and $350,000 price point, it mirrors the metadata. So it's almost exactly the same 55.19% of homes between 200000 and $350,000 uh, were in HOAs versus 44.82% were not in HOAs. Now, if, if we look at the not in HOA ones and then also look at where they are geographically, the vast majority of those were also in more rural areas. So again, if you're looking to avoid an HOA, you're almost certainly going to be in a rural part of the upstate. Um, only about 1,500, probably a little bit less than 1,500 of the non-HOA Two hundred two hundred thousand to three hundred fifty thousand dollar properties, only a little less than fifteen hundred of those uh, existed. Were not in HOAs, um, so and the entire market of the between two hundred to three hundred fifty thousand price point was uh, seven thousand two hundred forty. So I actually I didn't come prepared to do this math, but that comes out to roughly twenty percent of uh of properties that are between 200000 and 350000 are in the more suburban parts of Greenville and also are not in HOAs. Um, so it's really it's really hard unless you're willing to live out in the country to get a house that is not in, in an HOA. Um, and you might think, well, what about above the $350,000 price point? No, it actually gets worse. Um, the numbers then um, become 68.32% of all properties above $350,000 that sold the past year were in an HOA, and only 31.68% were not in HOAs. And uh, and if you run this number up into the millions, these percents hold because the the a lot of the very expensive communities in Greenville have extremely restrictive HOAs. And they, they do that for a reason. They want to keep the communities exclusive, and the only way they can do that is by controlling people. And the only way they can control them is by means of an HOA. Um, so Greenville has a lot of HOAs, and I mean, if if you pull out these uh, below two hundred thousand dollar properties that consist of 20, 2,290 of the fourteen thousand one hundred ninety six total properties that I analyzed here, you know, all these percents uh, that that fifty four percent that I was talking about before, that then you know goes up way higher. Um, that it would be probably in the 60s. I didn't do that number, but I'm guessing that you would have, you know, in the above uh, $200,000 price point, you're pretty much looking at uh, 60 to 65% of homes are in HOAs versus not in HOAs. So, um, what are my conclusions from this? Well, as I've already said, the upstate is very heavy with HOAs, particularly in the uh, in the urban and suburban areas. If you're trying to avoid an HOA and and you still want to live close to civilization, good luck. Um, now there are some options, you know, you might not be able to get near like downtown Greenville, but there are some rural areas that are near downtown Travelers Rest, near downtown Easley, near downtown Simpsonville where you can perhaps avoid an HOA and still be close to civilization. Um, but you're you're going to really have a hard time trying to be close to downtown Greenville and also trying to avoid an HOA. It's just its really hard to find. Um, From my experience, there is a sizable market of people specifically looking to avoid HOAs. They will not live in an HOA for the reasons that I already outlined. And so this means there is more additional competition for non-HOA houses and communities. And as a result of that, most of my clients looking to avoid HOAs um, they they find themselves in a very competitive situation, going up against a lot of other very aggressive people, also looking to avoid HOAs. Um, and this oftentimes means as well that they have to make sacrifices on the types of homes that they're looking for in order to avoid an HOA, because there's just not as many options out there. Um, most commonly, the non HOA homes need updating, have weird floor plans, are older. Um, etc. And again, they're typically in rural areas as well. Um, Now, if you're if you own a home that's not in an HOA, congratulations, that is a value add for most people. That is a value add. Um, Now appraisers will not necessarily factor that in as a value add, but the market will because there are these people that are specifically looking to avoid HOAs. So that is something that in the eyes of the market, if not the eyes of appraisers, that is something that does add value to a home. Um, so that, those are my general conclusions on, on HOAs. Um, generally speaking, more people, uh, want to avoid an HOA than want to have them, but builders are not reflecting that developers are not reflecting that in terms of what they're building. Most of what has been built the past 20 to 30 years in the upstate of South Carolina has been in HOAs communities where they, they have, Uh, an HOA and a board and bylaws and covenants and restrictions. And unfortunately, it's really hard to avoid that. But if you're looking to avoid that, I do have some great searches that I can set up in our local MLS. It's a lot easier to do in there than it is to do on realtor.com and Zillow and, and all these other websites. So please reach out to me. My contact information is in the show notes. I can set that search up for you um, and, and help you to see homes that are coming on the market that aren't in HOA communities. I've done this for a bunch of my clients in the past and we've always been able to find them something. Um, so reach out to me. My contact information is in the show notes. If you like the show, please leave a five-star rating. Please subscribe to make sure you don't miss future episodes. And please as well, leave a short little review. I would appreciate that. And I appreciate all of you guys for listening. I hope you have a great rest of your week and we'll talk again next time.